You know, the word remember or remembrance or, or something along those lines is used nearly 300 times in the Bible. Many times with regards to God's people being reminded to remember what God has done. How he came through for them in times past. Many times to the children of Israel, it would be, remember when God delivered you from Egypt. Remember when God did this for you. Remember when God did that for you. And today, I want us to remember some of those things as well. You know, one of the neat things this past Friday when I was eating at Sister Betty's and the dingers were over there, Bernie and Anna Lee, and they began to talk about some of the old times. And, and uh, uh, Sister Anna Lee and Sister Betty been friends for nearly 70 years. Let that sink in. That's a long time, huh? That's a long time. They began to tell about how things used to be, okay? That's always neat. I love hearing stories, okay? And, and uh, young people, I know sometimes we, we can't get out of our phone long enough to hear stories. <laughs> but, 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 but trust me, listen to those stories. I wish I could hear my dad tell me one more story. Okay, one of these days you're going to wish you could hear those stories again. So take advantage of them now. But one of the neat things about walking down memory lane is there's a lot of things that have changed and and even some things that have stayed the same. Okay, well, today I want us to take a walk down spiritual memory lane. Okay, now anytime that we start walking down memory lane, undoubtedly we're going to have some good memories and we're going to have some not so good memories, right? Okay, you know, every time I do a funeral service, when I'm at the graveside, I I remind the family you have a choice to make because every time you come back to this graveside, you're going to bring with you a bunch of memories. And I want to challenge every family member. You bury the bad memories. You hang on to the good ones. Why do I tell them that? Because those good memories can encourage you. Those good memories can can strengthen you. And that's exactly what I want us to do today in our walk with the Lord. I want us to be encouraged when we think about the faithfulness of God. I want us to be encouraged when we focus on on the good things that He has done to us. Today, I want us to, to focus on how faithful God has been to you, to your family, and to this church. Make a wise choice today to dwell on the good and not the bad. Because when you do, great things can happen. You see... When it comes to the goodness and the faithfulness of God towards you and I, the Lord wants us to remember, but the enemy wants you to forget. You see, when it comes to the goodness of God, when it comes to the grace of God, the Lord wants you to remember today, but the enemy wants you to forget. Why? Because remembering how Jesus has come through for you in the past will build your faith today. It will encourage you. It will strengthen you. It will help you to stand firm in your faith because if God did it before, he can do it again. Amen? In Psalm chapter number 77, we have a little uh, place where the psalmist talks about remembering. Remembering today could be the key to your breakthrough as it was for the psalmist in Psalm 77. Now, in the first uh, nine verses of Psalm 77, the, uh, the writer of the, uh, of the psalm was kind of focused on his problems. He was focused on the difficulties of his life. He was focused on all the shortcomings and all the, all the, all the tragedies he had to deal with. But something in, uh, pretty amazing happens in verses 10 through 12. His focus changes. So let's read what happens. Uh, Psalm 77, verses 10 through 12 in the King James Version, it says this. 
And I said, the psalmist writes, this is my infirmity. This is kind of summing up all the difficult things he'd been through. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. You see, guys, something changed right there. His focus went from his problems to God. His focus went from the things that he didn't have to the things that God did have. And today I want to submit to you that whatever you focus on becomes magnified. If you focus on your problems, guess what? They get pretty big. If you focus on the financial difficulty that you or your business may be going through, all of a sudden they seem really big. If you focus on what the doctor said negatively or how you feel or or how things aren't working out for you, those can become magnified. But can you take a little bit of advice from the psalmist in Psalm 77? Change your focus today. Put your focus back on God. Put your focus on the goodness of God. Put your focus on God who's never let you down before, who doesn't plan on starting anytime soon, and all of a sudden those problems will begin to be smaller. Those difficulties will begin to be smaller. Do you realize whatever you focus on today becomes magnified? Today, Christians, I want to challenge you to choose wisely. Stop focusing on our problems and start focusing on our God. Because whatever you focus on becomes magnified and it grows in proportions to everything else. If we focus on our troubles, our problems, our heartaches, they will become magnified and get to the place where they can overwhelm us. But if we focus on God... He becomes magnified in our life, and everything seems small and much more manageable in our lives. There's an old song that came to mind, and no, I'm not going to sing it, but it goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You see, that song is all about what we're focusing on. And guys, the enemy wants you to keep focusing on that grandchild who's not serving him uh, or, or who's not serving God. The enemy wants you to focus on your bank account that keeps coming up short. The enemy wants you to keep focusing on those things that will discourage you and get you down. But God today wants you to put your focus on him on his goodness, on his grace. Amen? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I promise you, everything else will become so insignificant. So today, let's choose to turn our eyes back upon Jesus and remember for a few minutes all the great and amazing things he's done in your life, such as, number one, remember when Jesus saved you. Think about that for a minute. One of the neat things that I had to hear is I got to hear how Anna Lee and Sister Betty came to faith, okay? In fact, Sister Betty tells me it's the only time they ever fussed, okay? And what they were fussing about is Miss Betty got saved, okay? And Miss Anna Lee thought she was saved, okay? Now, you know when Anna Lee thinks something, you can't change her mind, now can you? Okay? And Miss Betty was just encouraging her and it's like, well, well, but guess what? She realized that she couldn't change her mind, but God could. And God did. Aren't you glad? Guys, do you remember what it was like when Jesus saved you? 
Do you remember what it was like when Pastor Ronnie John 3.16 became more than just a good saying? It became real in your life? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son just for you. Just for you. Joe, that's pretty awesome, huh? Just for you. God's only son came just for you. Fabian, do you remember when that became real in your life? You know what, guys? We can't forget that. There's a joy that comes with salvation. There's a comfort that comes with salvation. And the enemy wants you to forget about that. But the Lord wants you to remember it today. Amen? So don't forget when Jesus saved you. Don't forget what it was like one time to be hopeless and to be lost. But remember when Jesus saved you? I do. I remember the very first time I ever made a commitment of faith. I was at a youth convention. I was at a youth convention in Alexandria, Louisiana, and I was a senior, no, a junior in high school, okay? And, uh, and I, I, was, I was just going there to cut up and act a fool, Pastor Ronnie, and, and then something happened toward the end of that service, okay? It's called conviction. And Amber, it got a hold of this boy, and the guy who was cutting up one moment, Tommy, was crying the next. Now, I'm really glad I had my Tom Cruise black sunglasses on, okay? Jerry, you might have even been at that youth convention, okay? I was all the, the life of the party, then all of a sudden, the, them tears started to roll. Now, look, I wasn't used to crying. I was a big old football player, and that kind of wasn't for me. And, 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 but something happened, Jamie. Something got a hold of me, and it changed me. It changed me. Now, I wasn't quite ready to serve the Lord like I should have. I didn't get committed to the discipleship process, which is so vitally important. And fast forward a few years later, I get married. Married that beautiful lady who comes in this afternoon, and I can't wait, okay? I married that pretty girl, and, and I can remember for a couple months, she, she would just continue to love on me and continue to reach out to me. And then one Sunday morning in, in March of 1994, I don't remember what the preacher preached on, Joe. I don't remember the sermon, John. I don't remember the songs they were singing. But I just remember the moment an invitation happened. For some reason, some boy did this. Got up, went to the front of that church, got down on my knees, Seth, and everything in my life changed. I remember what that was like. Guys, today, remember Remember what God did for you. Remember when he saved you. Remember when he changed you. Remember when he did all these amazing things for you that you could not do for yourself. Guys, we need to remember those things. We need to remember the goodness of God. Paul talks about the goodness of God in Ephesians chapter number 2. Great piece of scripture right here. Ephesians chapter number 2 verses 8 through 10. For by grace are you saved. Through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Guys, there's a reason why we call it Amazing Grace. It's still one of my favorite songs, okay? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Amen? Guys, that amazing grace. Do you remember when it became real in your life? Remember again the joy, the peace that you felt when that great weight of sin was lifted off your shoulders. Or, think about this. Remember when God saved that special loved one you'd been praying for? How many in here remember when, 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 when that loved one you'd been praying for got saved? 
Remember when your spouse got saved? Remember when that, that friend got saved? Sister Betty, you were telling me when your friend Annalie got saved. That's an amazing thing. You know what? Things happen in our lives and dawn. We begin to pray and we believe, begin to believe God for others. It's amazing when that happens. You know, what's funny when I was praying for, when I was preparing for this message, I found a list in my Bible. I've had this Bible for a long, long time. And, and this list was dated um, April the 6th, 1997. I remember in 1997, I, uh, we had an evangelist came to our church and he was talking about uh, how God wants to use you to save your family and how God wants to use you as an instrument to, to see people saved in your family. And, and he had us create a list of loved ones that did not know Jesus. Blame the first person on that list. My dad. It's 20 years ago. 20 years ago, dad wasn't saved. 20 years ago, spiritual things weren't really high on his to-do list. But things changed. I began to pray. I began to believe God. And today I look at this list, and by the grace of God, I had the privilege of leading every one of these family members but one to the Lord. God's faithful. That's a good thing. I don't think I found this list by mistake, okay? And this list is going to go back in my Bible because whenever I come up, come by it, it encourages me. Guys, when you begin to think about the goodness of God, it should encourage you as well. 2 Peter 3 and 9, remember that promise from God that God is not slack concerning his promises, but patient and long-suffering toward us, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Guys, remember what it was like when you got saved. Remember what it was like when your loved one gave their heart to Jesus. Lord, do it again. Help us remember when we first experienced that amazing grace. Amen? Second thing I want us to remember today. Remember when God healed you, our loved one? Do you remember when God healed you? Do you remember when God touched you? You see, Jesus' death paid for our healing. As the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. By his stripes, we were healed. J.D., paid the price for your healing, bro. He paid the price for your healing. God's done it before. He can do it Again, divine healing is available to all who believe in Jesus Christ. James 5.16 tells us, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When we pray, things happen. Hey, look at this real quick. Who here today by an uplifted hand has been healed by a direct result of prayer? Slip your hand up. Look around. Keep that hand up for just a second. Somebody needs to be encouraged today. Some of you need to be encouraged today. God did it before. He can do it again. Amen? Guys, prayer works. God is in the healing business. Look around. Let this show of hands build your faith and encourage you today. Personally, I've experienced God's healing several times, but mostly it's small stuff like aches and pains. But how many know I'm thankful for the small stuff? I'm thankful that when my shoulder hurts like it kind of does today, that God can touch it and make me feel better. I'm glad that when I wake up and my knees are sound, sounding like Rice Krispie treats, that, that, that I can pray and they get a little better, okay? I'm glad that when my back is aching, that, that, that I can pray and God can touch me. I like all those things. But I'm also remembered of the big things God's done. Hayden, would you stand up for just a second? This is Hayden Seneca right here, my youngest son. 
Going to be an all-state linebacker this year, okay? Going to be going to have a great, great year, 125 tackles, maybe 150, okay? Keon, good luck keeping up with him on tackles, okay? You'll probably have more interceptions, so it'll be okay. Have a seat. If you look at Hayden today, you're like, man, that's a pretty good-looking boy, and I agree, okay? Do you know there was a time in his life where, where for all practical purposes, he had asthma? He had asthma, okay? And, uh, and I can remember I was at a men's retreat, and my wife uh, took him because he'd taken some breathing treatments and took him to the ER, and his, his, his oxygen levels was down in the 80s. That's not good. Okay, that's not good at all. And, and I remember she called me and she was panicked, okay? And, and, and we touched heaven and God healed that young man, okay? God healed that young man. And, and, and guys, if God did it before, he can do it again. My mom's oldest sister, my mom's sister is still alive today because God healed her. 15 years ago, she was diagnosed with colon cancer and basically they, they did a little procedure on her and they sent her home to die. That's 15 years ago. But Belinda, we touched heaven. God is so good. We touched heaven. If you met her, she's as feisty today as she's ever been. Okay? But why do I tell you these stories? To encourage you. To encourage you that God doesn't love the Seneca family any more or any less than he loves you. Keep believing God. Keep trusting God. Keep remembering how good God has been to you. Are you believing God for your healing or for a loved one's healing? Keep believing. Because as we learned last Sunday, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? So remember when Jesus healed you. Thirdly, remember when God filled you with his Holy Spirit. Do you remember when for the first time you felt the Holy Spirit in a real powerful way and how this changed so much about your walk with Christ? Acts 1 and 8 tells us that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Power to witness, power to live holy, power to do right, power to pray more powerfully in our special prayer language. All this is a work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, but it doesn't stop there. You see, the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Spirit is just the beginning of all that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our guide who not only wants to fill you, but leads you and guide you into a deeper walk with Jesus. I said this a little earlier in the service. I believe the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity because we struggle to understand his role in our lives. We all understand God the Father. God the Father's the creator. He's the Father. He's the boss. We got that, okay? We all understand Jesus. Jesus was God who became uh, human here on this earth, who gave his life for you and I, God's only son. We can comprehend that. But what about the Holy Spirit? Jesus said that he had to go away so that the comforter to come. Jesus said, I've got something that's even better for you than me. Let that sink in. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to go, but the one I'm sending you is even better than me. Let that sink in for a moment. That sounds like somebody we got to know a little better. That sounds like somebody we need to have a closer relationship with. That is the Holy Spirit. But he's so misunderstood. But guys, when you allow him liberty in your life to do what only he can do, you will begin to live that abundant life that Jesus promised us in John 10, 10. So do you remember some of the greatest times that you had in the presence of the Lord? 
Think about some of them great times that you've had in this church or some other church. Some of the greatest moments that you've been in the presence of the Lord. You know who's to thank for that? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when you got saved? You know who convicted you? It was the Holy Spirit. So Stanley, it wasn't Miss Betty, even though she tried. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that spoke to your heart and got you to respond. Jamie, it was the Holy Spirit in Jackson, Mississippi that got a hold of you on the side of an embankment who was speaking to your heart. It's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. That is his role. And he's really good at it. Amen? But do you remember when the Holy Spirit touched you? Do you remember when the Holy Spirit ministered to you? He's done it before and he wants to do it again. Amen? It was a work of the Holy Spirit where we saw great things happen in church services before. I would submit to you, let him touch your hurt. Let him touch your mind. Let him touch your heart today. And friend, you'll never be the same. Amen? And finally... Remember how many times God has kept his promises to you. See, guys, this book right here, it's got a bunch of promises. Thousands of promises made by God. Thousands of promises made by God to his people. This Bible is full of promises. And when we do our part, God always does his part. Amen? You know, we serve a conditional God. Many times in this book, he says, if you do something, I'll do something. Okay? Well, guess what, guys? Sometimes when things don't work out right, we want to blame God, but the real blame is the man in the mirror. (laughs) The real blame is us because God never comes up short. God always keeps his word. Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie. So when we read a promise God makes to his people in this book, you can bank on it. You can trust him to deliver. Who here today is hanging on to a promise from God? Anybody? Anybody in here hanging on to a promise from God? There's something you read in this book. There's something that God spoke to you in prayer. There's something that maybe maybe someone spoke into your life. You're hanging on to that promise. Well, guess what? Keep hanging on because that promise is coming. God's going to keep his word. Keep believing. Let this example that I want to read to you build your faith. You know, guys, Jesus made a lot of promises. Jesus said a lot of things during his time here on this earth. And and one promise that he made was pretty outstanding. He told his disciples and he told others that he would die and rise from the dead. Let that sink in for a moment. That's a pretty profound thing to say, right? Okay, that's a pretty tough promise right there, okay? You know what? If I make a promise to Fabian, hey, Fabian, I will, uh, I'll be at your house tomorrow. I'll be here. To-. That, that's a pretty easy promise to keep. I just put a little reminder in my, my phone and I alert myself and I go keep my word, right? But what Jesus promised was really tough to do. Seth, he said, they're going to kill me, but then I'm going to raise from the dead. Three days later, you're going to see me again. Wow. Now, if he can keep that kind of promise, if he can come through in that situation, what do you think, uh, what else do you think he can do? Well, look, he promised that he would rise from the dead. He promised that the grave wouldn't hold him. And in Acts chapter number one, we start reading in verse number three, 
to whom also he showed himself alive after his death by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Right there in verse number three, Jesus kept his promise. Jesus kept his promise and he showed himself to many, many believers for 40 days after his death. He was uh, alive and well and, and teaching and talking about the kingdom of God. Let's continue reading. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me. And verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now look at this. He makes another promise here. And when he had spoken these things, while they behold, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven." You see, guys, right there, we have a promise kept by God. When he said that he would rise from the dead, he did. And we have another promise given to us by God. This same Jesus that we saw leave this earth will come back again. Now, I submit to you that if God said it, you can believe it. Amen? I submit to you that we serve a God that keeps his promises. Okay? It's political season. We have a lot of promises being made by folks who want your vote. Right? Okay? Wouldn't it be nice if they just kept their their word? Wouldn't it be really, really nice if they kept their word? God is not a man that he should lie. God is going to keep his word. God is going to come through for you again. Jesus said a lot of things, and he kept all of those things. He kept his word. And guys, if he can keep his word in this area, he can keep his word in your life as well. Our God keeps his promises. Our God keeps his word. You can trust him without reservation because he's trustworthy, because he's faithful. Amen? As Pastor Tommy comes, I want us to review a couple things today. Remember with me today when Jesus saved you. When he changed your life, when he changed that loved one's life, when, when that prodigal son or daughter came back home. Remember when Jesus healed you? Remember when the doctors had given up on you? Remember when there was no hope and then Jesus came through for you? Remember when Jesus filled you? Wow, how amazing it was to be full of the, the presence of God. And then to remember when Jesus kept his promises to you and how he one day will come again. Don't look now, but we just went through what we call our cardinal truths. Those are the basis of, of what church is all about. That's the basis of what we as the Assemblies of God believe, that Jesus is our Savior, Jesus is our healer, Jesus is our baptizer, and he's soon returning as king. Guys, we serve a good God. Amen? And today, I want us to remember the goodness of God.